Hello, and welcome to our Big Commerce live stream. We are here in Austin, Texas from the Big Commerce headquarters. And today we're going to be talking all about Cyber Week 2023. With me, I have Megan Stabler. She's our Senior Vice President of Marketing at Big Commerce. And also we have Matt Dornfeld, who is Senior Director and Head of Global Partnerships at Feedonomics. Welcome, both of you. Thanks for joining. Hey, Melissa. Hey, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. We're really excited to have this conversation today. There's so much going on out there. We've got some great industry data for you. We've got some big commerce and Feedonomics data to share and just have a good conversation. So let's get started, shall we? Let's do it. All yeah. right. Okay, so... Megan, I think yes. it'd be helpful for the audience if you help set the stage a little bit. What are some of the key factors that you've seen that have been sort of shaping the e-commerce landscape this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, what a rush I think it's been for everybody, every brand and retailer this past year, right? I mean, right. We're, not, we're not that far out of the pandemic, right? We're, we're sort of looking for people to adopt new technologies. We're looking for new ways to actually shape and get hold of the consumers, the shoppers in ways that are relevant to them, that are personal to them. So, you know, brands and retailers have had to really adopt these technologies, whether it's subscriptions and loyalty programs and other things, and then figure out and make sure that they do have all of their supply chain ready to go and other things. And also plan for what used to be the peak holiday selling period, which is no longer just those few incidental days, right? right? So we've recognized that brands and retailers have actually started a little bit earlier, right? In 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 the month of November or even earlier in some places. October. October yeah. to go ahead and find those things because we as consumers and shoppers have also started to search and look for those things. There's, it, there's no longer the expectation. So, you know, it's been a, a, a strong adjustment for brands and retailers, A, to get their technology stack ready, and then B, to make sure that they're adjusting in real time to what demands are happening, how they see the consumer journey happening through their e-commerce website or through their loyalty programs, or that mix, which I think we're all back to nowadays of blending online e-commerce with offline e-commerce. So ensuring they've had the BOPUS, right? Buy online, pick up in store, and then looking at the long tail. So, you know, congrats to all of you brands and retailers out yes. there. You, you've had a massive year to get ready for this super holiday selling season. And, you know, there's just a lot that you've gone through. And, and uh, you know, certainly for those of us that have been in e-commerce a long time, recognize the work that you've done and, and to get ready for this period. But you're right. We've got great stats to go ahead and talk about. Thanks. Well, and just looking at the the year leading up to the holiday season, too, I mean, not to mention the macroeconomics. There's sure. so much that consumers have been dealing with as well, with inflation, rising interest rates, all of that. So just a a year that's been sort of standout and different from the past several. Uh, Matt, what about you? What's standout for 2023 leading up to the season that you think has been influencing e-commerce? Yeah, I mean, it's a number of things, of course, um, to Megan's point and, and to yours actually about you know macroeconomics. Macroeconomics don't just impact consumers. It also impacts uh, a retailer who's trying to collect capital to deploy onto inventory uh, ahead of the holiday season. And so, yeah, that impacts everybody. Uh, we've moved away a bit from the COVID challenge of where's my inventory? It's somewhere in the ocean to, okay, do I have enough money to even buy inventory? And I think uh, some brands have done that really well with a lot of pre-planning and, and others have struggled and have gone out of stock at, you know, really impactful moments. Um, that said on the, you know, more broad brand side of things, we've really seen a lot of brands focus on the right channel selection for their brand. So yeah. am I existing in the right place? Am I engaging with consumers the right way in that place? Is that a connected experience? 
and more so, you know, there are a lot of channels that might have been more um, free bets, let's say, than strategic, more sure bets. And I think a lot of brands have said, okay, well, you know, one channel is really working for me. I'm going to double down on that. While maybe this other channel I really thought about could be like a good stretch exercise becomes a 2024 topic, not a 2023 one. And so we'll continue to really probably see more of that um, and more strategic bets. But as the economy gets better, people start making bets again. And so we've started to see, you know, a comeback on advertising spend and performance across a number of channels, meta included. Um, and so I think that's generally a good sign uh, in that people are starting to see performance on the channels that they're most familiar with. Um, and then obviously to, to Megan's point, there's the offline online um, blending as well that I think is really exciting. A lot of these retailers are starting to roll out new services. So uh, Bopus is a huge one, um, but really leveraging brick and mortar locations as fulfillment centers as well. Yeah. And so that really enables a brand to move more quickly, deploy inventory to people that are local to those stores. And I think we'll see a lot more of that out of our, our you know, the major retailers over the, the next year to come. Right. Yeah, and and I think the the compound effect of this for for experts and analysts going into the holiday season was kind of it's a mixed bag. We don't really know what to expect, but the consensus in everything I read was really that it seemed that we would see sort of a return to pre-pandemic Cyber Week and holiday growth rates. I know that the NRF projection for the overall holiday season is uh, between three and four percent. So, you know, I also read some conflicting surveys, you know, all valid, but it was like, you know, X percent of people do plan to shop Cyber Week. This, you know, percentage of people want to skip Black Friday entirely. So I think that people didn't really know what to make of it. Mm -hmm. But now that the dust has settled and Cyber Week is behind us, um, we do know how things turned out. Well, I mean, look at it this way. Uh, consumers shop as... Uh more savvy than ever before, right? Because of online presence, right? NRF also stated that 55% of shoppers were actually shopping a month ago, right? right? Looking for those good deals. And 35% actually went ahead and shopped during Thanksgiving week, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, consumers and shoppers are looking for those discounts early in the cycle, right? And as, as you talked about, the economic headwinds, right? Things that are happening, right? Consumer spending is down. Inflationary issues and concerns are up. So, you know, people are being a little bit more cautious about what to buy, what to spend on. And then when you th talk about some of the things that you've seen from the Fido side, right, mm -hmm. advertising costs have gone up as well, right? The cost to advertise is up there and your ROAS is probably down as well, mm -hmm. right? So getting your essential feeds and listings, right, and yep. streamlined is, is going to be key for it. But, you know, the consumers have the power, right? The consumers have the power. And, you know, what I have seen a little change on is you know, the discounts that we used to get, you know, the, the, the fact that I used to get up early Thanksgiving morning and go wait in line for, for brands, as we joked about previously, <laughs> like Circuit City and get that Xbox for my kid, right? Yeah. Those deep discounts seem to have gone, right? We're seeing a sort of 10, 15, 20, sometimes a 30% discount. So consumers are more savvy and there are more technologies available for them to go find them. So to your point, Matt, getting your um, product in front of the eyeball of the consumer in the, that emotional moment, yeah. if they're on Instagram or TikTok, is essential, not just for Cyber Week, mm -hmm. right, or Black Friday, but throughout the entire, entire year. So consumers are savvy, shoppers are savvy. We as e-commerce experts and, and people that are watching have to be more experienced about connecting to you and making sure that you're finding what you need in a way that is right for you at a time that is right for you on a device 
that is right now and converting you with high conversion checkout, seamless, frictionless checkout. So yeah. lots of things that wrap into what's been going on. Yeah, and yeah. we've seen too, you know, ROAS has historically been the kind of the buzzword metric too, um, but especially in an environment like the one we're in, margin is mm -hmm. super important. If I had a 10X ROAS and I was still losing a dollar, mm -hmm. I'm still losing. It doesn't matter if my ROAS was 100X, um, but the focus on the right channel and the right product, the right place, the right time, I think is uh, for a lot of brands is doing them right, right? They're, they're succeeding and they're investing, maybe not as a significant a discount, but enough that still attracts attention. I think we, you know, we saw in a number of different earnings reports um, some dips in consumer activity, right? Um, and that, I think, my, my perspective is people are waiting for a deal. Yeah, like they're waiting for prices to drop. Yeah. They, they always drop around this time of the year. And to to Megan's point, people are strategic. Like yeah. consumers are more savvy than they've ever been. There's more tools. There's more ways to shop than there's ever been before. Um, and that's exciting as a strategy person. Um, but Maybe a little scary too if you're a brand and you're kind of new to the game um, yeah. trying to catch up to what feels like a runaway train. Yeah. Well, and I think that too, from from what we've seen, that that is, you know, sort of the fear uh, or the worry from brands and retailers. Are people still going to shop during Cyber Week? Will the numbers be there? So let's get into some of this, um, some of this data. I want to just read a few numbers, hit on a few key points from what we saw industry-wide and with big commerce, and then we can kind of break some of this down. So again, congrats to all these brands and retailers on a successful Cyber Week. What we saw on the big commerce side was that our customers were up 10%, our sales were up 10% year over year. Um, and that's fantastic. That's actually surpassed industry data. When you look, uh, when you look at the bigger picture, Salesforce reported a global increase of six percent GMV. Um, and also, we saw Adobe reported a seven point eight percent increase for the U.S. So again, it's that return to sort of those pre-pandemic growth rates for Cyber Week, but we're still talking record numbers. So it's really, we're starting to see these numbers stabilize a little bit. The other interesting thing that I saw is that um, shoppers, our big commerce, uh, based on our big commerce customer data, shoppers were more active this year. We saw a 7% increase in total orders over the course of, of Cyber Week and a 3% increase in average order value, mm -hmm. which I think is, is really interesting. I mean, all of this points to consumers' resilience. Absolutely. Um, also, always want to call out what the biggest days were. Uh, it's still Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We saw that it was interesting because Black Friday was the biggest in terms of GMV and total orders, but Cyber Monday actually had the highest order values of the week, uh, which basically means that shoppers were spending more on their purchases on mm -hmm. Cyber Monday. Uh, I can attest to that. I actually ended up buying <laughs> some some home goods items. So it, it may also be yeah. that they're buying bigger ticket. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one interesting note. Uh, or trend maybe that I'm seeing is I'm you know on a variety of SMS lists uh, yeah. for brands and I'm still getting targeted today yeah. Yeah. for Cyber Monday deals. Yes, uh, which same. I thought was I don't know if that's on purpose or maybe it's a new thing where they're trying to extend you know the life of a deal. Um, but I noticed that like directly noticed more text messages specifically calling out the holiday long after the holiday is yeah. actually concluded. Right. Are you guys seeing the same thing? Same, absolutely the same thing, right? You can still take advantage of your Black Friday deal today, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. it's extending the office, right? And and so 
I've also seen it creating that FOMO, right? The fear of missing yeah. out, right? You know, limited time countdown clocks or limited numbers of stock available. You know, what I did was also purchase on Monday as well, mm -hmm. right? But I had been looking for those discounts earlier. Yeah. Right? And then when I was realizing kind of the discount that I was hoping for wasn't going to come, it's like, okay, I'm still going to get a discount of some kind, so I'm going to go buy it. Mm -hmm. So I think also some of those shoppers started to look around, started to wait to see if deals would happen, right? And, and again, that comes back to my comment about the savviness of the shoppers, right? Too often we see discounts throughout the rest of the year happening, right? The Memorial Day, the 4th of July sales and all these things. Yep. So there's an attunement by consumers to, I'm going to get a deal. And that 10% that you're offering off or that 15%, it's no real difference to later on the year. So it's in, in terms of the two buying habits that I've, I've always talked about people, right? There's an emotional buying habit. I see you wearing that and I want that too, right? I have to have it. So there's the emotional thing. And then there's the, I need it, right? You need to replace your pots and pans or yeah. crockware or whatever else is going on that you need something. So I, I think people on that emotional scale are still buying, but people on the needs I probably accelerate. I need to have something in place. I need to replace this that's broken. So mm -hmm. those are the two styles that I have seen. Yeah. Anecdotally, um, I did give in to an Instagram ad that has been following Yay. me for months okay. and finally made the purchase on Cyber Monday when it was half off. Can you, um, can you reveal what it was? It was, I bought some clothing from free people. Okay. Um, and a particular shirt I wanted was uh, a Fleetwood Mac t-shirt made to look vintage, but not. Okay. Um, I feel I've revealed too much at this point, <laughs> so I'll stop there. But I, yeah, so I did, that. those were my my two purchases. I did clothing for mm -hmm. myself, uh, selfishly, I suppose. And then I did do some of my home goods stuff from Amazon on Monday. I also did, I bought a couple of gifts. Mm -hmm. What What else did you buy? I know, uh, Megan, you have a, a bit of a gnome obsession. I, 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 I did not buy any uh, Tomtis. Okay. They, they, they are Scandinavian gnomes. So, uh, you know, actually, to be honest with you, for, for cyber, you know, Thanksgiving week, I was hiking in the north of England. So I had, right. I had zero access to Wi-Fi unless I was sitting in a pub drinking a pint and something like that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I was back over the weekend, yeah, then I was looking. And I won't go into what I bought because my 11-year-old is the one that I really bought electronics and stuff for that she's been on the wish list. And she's on the cusp of naughty list versus mm -hmm. wish list. So we'll see what happens on that stuff. But, you know, I did take advantage of things, right? Yeah. But, but because I've been Googling, uh, I am getting retargeted, just like you talked about, Matt. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that's a good thing, right? We saw Amazon shift um, yeah. doing some of the QR codes, which I've been a, a, a hot on for the past six, yes. five or six years here at Big Commerce. QR codes are going to make the back, you know, come back. And with a QR code, the great thing with that is even if somebody's just interacting now with that QR code, you're getting that information on that shopper yep. and embedded into your customer journey and then into your re retargeting. Now, We've, we've talked about retargeting and, and I'll sort of lay it out here. You've got to be conscious about the shopper. You want to turn that shopper into a buyer, not into a detractor from you. So there has to be a layer from e-commerce people about how often am I retargeting a person before I just need to give it some space. Maybe I'm going to come back in a month's time and mm -hmm. retarget them, or I'm going to find them like they did you on a different channel, mm -hmm. right? And so the, the emails and the SMSs that are coming in, it gets to a point where I'm going to say delete report, yep. right? I'm just done with this thing. 
Um, but I do know that I'm being retargeted on other platforms, whether I'm not on TikTok, but I am on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see certain things come up and go, ah, you, you caught my cookie. Now I see what you're doing and you're trying to get me. And then if I'm in that emotional space versus the need space, then yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm going to buy it. If you're offering me a discount that I think it's worthwhile yeah. to go ahead and purchase in the moment. Yeah, you got to be ready to receive the offer, Yeah, right? right. I think a lot of... Um, you know, channels for sure and, and how they distribute content. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Um, and the brands themselves, they have to be really thoughtful about that. Like it's, is the role of the brand to be a friend? Yeah. Is it to be mm -hmm. someone who's supporting and, and educating? Is it to be direct selling? And I think it changes to your point, Megan, about the channel that is being used to distribute that message. Because yeah. you may catch someone on a different part of that journey, uh, which directly impacts whether someone's going to convert then. Or, or build that up over time or completely disrupt the process and actually kick them out of the flow altogether, which is really worst case. Scenario. Yeah, I, I, I do want to take a moment. You, you talked about and we thank the, you know, the, the brands and retailers and the big commerce customers, right? Um, I, I do also want to thank the big commerce employees too, right? Absolutely. Those, those in support and engineering, right? You know, for the 10th straight year, 100% uptime of the big commerce platform in delivering e-commerce for all of our brands and retailers on the platform, right? And we also saw our support calls go way down, right? Um, you know, the, the longest time that I think I saw somebody respond, pick up the phone to answer a call was 18 seconds. Oh, wow. wow. That's right? Which is amazing. Wow. So, you know, kudos to all the BC folks out there as well. Uh, I wait longer than 18 seconds to answer phone calls from friends. So I can imagine. <laughs> you uh, answer phone calls? Uh, on occasion, only if I've saved the contact info. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, on the shopping side, so I'm not a great online shopper. I'll be the first to, to say that. I actually just like seeing how brands operate because I'm, I'm just busy studying. And then I'm definitely that person who goes into the store and feels the thing and then leaves and then comes back and buys the thing specific. And I'm, I'm dating myself, I guess, in that, in that regard, because I, I mean, I'm, my old, sh my shopping experience is much more like how it used to be when you wake mm -hmm. up at three in the morning and go to the store. Yeah. I bought these Beats, Power Beats. Nice. Um, so I've been wearing these around the office. Uh, if you've walked past me in the office and you're a big commerce employee, I'm sure you've seen me dancing at my desk. Um, but that, <laughs> it's just how I like to roll. And to be honest, I'm getting a kick out of Siri reading out Slack messages to me, um, which was an added entertainment benefit. But um, ultimately, I think uh, you know Amazon in this case had run a 40% off program, right? And yeah. so that for me, that became a no-brainer, 40% off. Mm -hmm. The one thing I, I wanted to touch on and get your, your feedback on too was delivery time. Mm. Uh, so, yes. you know, I got these delivered within an hour of, mm -hmm. you know, the delivery window. And I I think I had selected 5 to 9 p.m. or something like that. And it came at 4.55. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even home yet, right? It, it beat, the package beat me to getting back to my house. Um, although I will say I did that because it was included. It was free. Right. I don't know. Personally, I, I didn't feel like I'm really looking for things to be delivered no. as fast as maybe that the industry is telling me I should expect it to be delivered. Do, do you feel similarly? Not. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not necessarily looking for it. If I if I know that I want something delivered immediately, I'm always going to Amazon. If I'm shopping elsewhere, that's not necessarily my expectation. But I think that the pressure is there for other brands and retailers to keep up with that. So I, I think while maybe we're not demanding it so much, it's still, would we feel the same if that was, if it sure. didn't come as quickly, yeah. you know, if it didn't come as quickly, we might say, well, why doesn't it come as fast? Mm -hmm. You know? So mm -hmm. I think, I think that's sort of the dynamic there. It's tricky. I think it depends on the need. Yeah. yeah. Right. You sure. know, if, if you, if you need something right now, go to the, go to the store and get it. Right. right. And get it. If it's not in store, then are you comfortable with whatever the, the delivery timeframe is? And and to be honest with you, I think we've 
I think we passed the cusp of needing it when we were in that COVID thing a few yeah. few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, I just need it because I, I can't go out. I can't get it. So yeah. set the expectation. But I do think that what's needed, Melissa, is uh, active, intelligent communication on the delivery status. I, exactly. see, I see some doing it very, very well. Sure. So, you know, I'm from England originally. I brought back a case full of stuff with me over the weekend. Thank you, British Airways, for letting me drag it along with me. And then uh, last night, I was like, you know what? I really, fan you know, bread is different in the UK. I really fancy some bread rolls. There's a, there's a store called British Corner Shop. I was like, I could order that. I added some more Christmas goods, uh, Christmas candy and stuff like that into it. I filled up enough to, for it to be worthwhile. The $20 it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. I got a, a notification this morning that it's already been dispatched. It's coming via DHL. And I know that it's going to be at my front doorstep tomorrow. Yeah. So there are consumable goods that I know are going to be delivered. And I care about those. And then going back to what I did purchase uh, for my kid for Christmas, right? You know, I know it's going to arrive. Now, the, there's a latency demand that I think shoppers always worry about of, well, I know I ordered it on Tuesday. I still haven't received it. Is it still going to arrive, right? Mm -hmm. Amazon's good at telling you where things are, yeah. um, but others may not be so good. So I think clarity for, for e-com managers is making sure that that last mile that was talked about, or mm -hmm. actually the last yard that is really talked about, is there and also the returns because i'm still seeing people do that i'm gonna buy three yeah i'm not saying you bought three of your pink floyd or you know, whatever it was fleetwood mac sorry fleetwood mac i i am old so i'm trying to go back to, to my <laughs> heritage right but you know i'm still seeing people buy three of things just yeah. to see if they fit True. right and that is not good to your margin conversation earlier right of of the returns so it's it, it is the shipping and the communication mm -hmm. and it's the returns capability and that's why we're seeing technologies, yep. AI, chatbots, and other things really taken over to help. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, uh, food delivery does this really well, right? You get a text message, they're on their way. You get another message, they're they're close by, or it's been delivered or left off. It depends who you're using. True. <laughs> I won't name names, um, but, I, but I will say, uh, you know, this past summer, I lived in uh, Medellin for a while and got to play with uh, Rappi quite a bit. And it was really interesting because they they actually show a person on a bike riding from the store to your house you can no. follow them on the oh, map wow. and you get text messages and a timer telling you how long it's going to take to get to your front door i love that then you give them a code and they you know, acknowledge it and then they, you get your products and that's for groceries it's for electronics it's for all sorts of stuff and so i think you know to the conversation around expectations uh you're right we retailers are training consumers what to expect exactly and, and then once it's been trained untraining it gets really painful yeah. um and i think that might be kind of where a lot of folks are at right now yeah exactly uh i'm curious did when you we made these purchases uh did either of you order on mobile or were oh, you on desktop yeah, I, was, I was on mobile i was on mobile as well and the we saw for big commerce customers that mobile orders accounted for 38 percent of all orders during cyber week and there was an increase in sales over the course of Cyber Week, up 13% year over year. Mm. Uh, I think on industry-wide, when I was looking at Adobe data, uh, the increase was 10, 10%, I believe, in mobile orders from last year. So it just makes me think, too, like we saw, we saw a substantial increase in orders on Thanksgiving Day. And I can't help think of uh, you know the ease of the ease of use with mobile commerce and you're kind of hanging out with your family trying to you know yeah. trying to fill the time making purchases so i think that all mm -hmm. you know 
that all has just shown itself during the week too. Mm -hmm. So, oh, the other thing I was going to say too, when you were talking about uh, talking about your food orders and the yeah. great communication, it's interesting when we were looking at categories, uh, food and beverage jumped up 20% year over year for big commerce customers over Cyber Week. Wow. Yeah, the other top categories were apparel and accessories and then vehicles and parts. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. So do you think those sound like needs? Vehicles and parts. Vehicles and parts yeah. does. Yeah. 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 I think the accessories and apparel, that's going to be more emotional. Yeah. And food, I think, rides a line of need and want. Right. <laughs> right. Well, depends on how hungry I am. I think it chocolate is categorized. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. yes. Well, Matt, I want to dig in a little bit more to the omni-channel aspect, and maybe you can provide a little bit of insight on what you saw on the feedonomics side. And also, for the benefit of the audience who might not know, can you explain a little bit about feedonomics too? Yeah, absolutely. So feedonomics is an enterprise uh, data feed and syndication platform. So effectively what it does is it helps uh, brands and retailers aggregate all of their product data from a variety of sources, could be an ERP or spreadsheet or a commerce website brings it into one platform. Um, you then apply transformers and other you know, tools that optimize the product data. And then it sends that data to a destination like a sales channel. So you may advertise on Google ads or you may send uh, product data to Walmart. And in either case, you need to sync that data. So Google is just um, a syndication in that it's just an ad, whereas Walmart has orders and inventory and other changes that happen over time as people buy things from you. So. Um, you need a platform to keep all those updates going in real time. So um, we typically work with large enterprises, which is why, you know, a lot of this data is hyper relevant for us because these are, yep. you know, talk, talk about really large brands doing really big things in the industry. And um, based on the data cut we got uh, just the other day, we saw tremendous growth. Um, so on Black Friday, you know, year over year growth came in around 17%. Nice. Um, and on Cyber Monday, it was closer to 22%. Um, so, you know, our customers are seeing the growth, they're investing appropriately, they're optimizing their data for those right channels and doing that on a regular basis. And we're seeing that in the margin and the revenue, uh, which is which is great. Similarly, uh, overall GMV increased as well. So ten, tends to go hand in hand uh, with order volume, but we saw a 28% increase year over year on, on Black Friday alone, and then another 22% on Cyber Monday. So awesome. tremendous, tremendous growth. Um, and I think a key point too is, your phenomics clients aren't just on big commerce, uh, right? right? So we've got like exactly. Magento clients, Shopify, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. So it's indicative of an industry-wide lift, uh, especially in the enterprise space, um, including you know the internet top 1,000. So um, big business is still doing really well, no surprise. Um, and then you know, as you can imagine, those emerging brands are still performing really well as well as they invest in those similar channels. I think we should uh, unpack that a little bit because at the beginning of the conversation, we talked about cost of advertising nowadays yes. and ROAS. And, and this is exactly a, a great platform, Feedonomics mm -hmm. from BigCommerce to help you improve that, right? Yeah. You know, streamlining your product listings, getting it in front of the eyeballs of that consumer or shopping on whatever channel they may be, right? Yeah. The, the schemas for Amazon is different, for a Walmart is different, for right. a Target is different, Google. from a yeah. Google, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. right? So you've got to make sure that you're getting the right Pink Floyd <laughs> uh, T-shirt, right? Or whatever it may be yep. in front of the person for that emotional connection to go by on the Instagram right Absolutely. now. And that's what you guys do extremely well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's something that any brand or retailer, regardless of being on the big commerce platform, should really consider for the future, right? This, What we've been talking about here doesn't go away. Consumers, shoppers are still going to be savvy. Yep. You're still going to have to get your product in front of the eyeballs of mm -hmm. the person and turn them and, and, and convince them to, to buy from you right now. And doing that with streamlined, efficient product data, product listings is critical in tomorrow's 
today's e-commerce world. You're leaving orders on the table if you're not optimizing yeah. per channel. Yeah. Um, it's, it is that simple. And it saves you money. It right? saves it you money. Saves you you money. can yeah. reinvest in other solutions. Yeah. And you know, if you had seen that shirt on Instagram, um, or if you hadn't seen that shirt, maybe you saw pants instead. Right. Maybe that, that skew is mislabeled mm -hmm. or, or miscategorized yeah. for the platform. You wouldn't have purchased. Right. And so Very true. Is, it's really about eliminating missed opportunities to drive conversion right where you are. Or the color or the size exactly or right. V-neck versus crew neck. Yep. Right. There's a lot of different things that go into those variants. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, great progress all around. I think um, social continues to grow. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we saw, I think, you know, industry wide data was roughly 8% of orders occurred on social media platforms. Um, wow. Yeah. Right. There's, I think that may even be higher. I think for our big commerce customers, we saw 8%. Mm. Um, and it's interesting too. I've, I've talked about this recently in another interview, but just looking at social commerce, it is growing. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it will take hold right now. It seems like it's mostly about product discovery, yeah. right? You know, there are, I, I have made purchases, so I have made social commerce purchases. You know, this is catching on, but I think the thing for brands and retailers to keep in mind is that it is number one for product discovery. So that people are shopping there, whether or not they're completing the purchase through social media channels today, uh, it's still necessary to be there. Yeah. And it, you know, I think in many cases it's, um, it's actually inspiring people to, mm -hmm. to think oh, like, actually, I didn't think I needed this thing or I didn't know I needed it till yeah. now. Now yeah. I know I need it. And TikTok's great for that, right? Because yeah. you're, you're getting this feed that's for you. They got a really powerful algorithm that's delivering things in real time that really meant for Matt, right? In this case. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'll mention about your know, marketplaces in general, uh, you know, TikTok shop has started to emerge as a shopping destination. I did want to ask you about that since you're closer to it than, than Megan and I are. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. Um, it's on a tear. I think, you know, the industry will say, or a lot of folks in the industry will say, well, you know, TikTok is trying to compete with Amazon. And maybe from the perspective of, yes, another, that's another place where people can check out. But the reason someone goes to Amazon is very different than the reason someone would go to TikTok. Yeah. Um, and even the people might be different. So you may go to Amazon to buy a necessity, right? I need diapers. Are you going to go to TikTok to buy diapers? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you might discover bedazzled diapers on TikTok you didn't know you needed until right now for your gnome collection, um, right? It's possible. I'm worried um, about your search history uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, it's, this is not uh, an intervention. We're going to leave that okay. offline. But I, I think um, in general. I'm not buying diapers. <laughs> also noted. I, I think the, but the point about TikTok shop that is really interesting is they are aggressively trying to take market share wherever they can get it. Yeah. Um, to get brands to, to to you know to deploy their products there, but also to get consumers to shop there. And so one of the things, the tactics they deployed was discounting up to sixty percent um, mm -hmm. on on the platform with an additional twenty percent available via coupon. That's actually uh -huh. TikTok spending mm -hmm. its own money right. to bring down the cost of products, make the brands whole, encourage a consumer to buy, to start that relationship, right, and get people invested in TikTok as a shopping destination and one that inspires them to discover new products. Um, so I'll go back to that just to underscore that point. It's where you shop, you might be in those places for very different reasons. And so it might be the same person, but the reason they're there is very different. Right. So encouraging right. the conversion requires a different strategy for TikTok than it might for Amazon or Walmart yep. or something else. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's not so much even about the channel. It's understanding your customer's behavior in the channel. Exactly. Why are they there? You yeah. know, don't over index on the channel itself keep the focus on the customer and their behavior. Exactly right.
Okay, so we've covered a lot. Um, the holiday season is not over. There's still several weeks and into January. Uh, so what is our best advice to retailers to close out the season? Megan, what do you say? Um, consumers are still expecting that personalized experience, right? So manage it effectively. Don't over-rotate on uh, trying to convince you to buy something. Mm -hmm. Do it in a very judicious way to do it. Um, when you're capturing that, that person at checkout, is make sure you have a very smooth, seamless checkout experience. And that's one of the great things that the big commerce does offer on its platform is a yep. passwordless one-click checkout um, with some of our providers from PayPal and Stripe and others. It's, it's that ability to, to check out seamlessly. Uh, make sure you think about the long tail, right? We talked about the, yep. the, the, the shipping and yep. also the returns. Uh, offer the convenience, right? So they, they want that fair discount for a reasonable product and the convenience of shipping at mm -hmm. some point, I need it tomorrow, it doesn't matter when it arrives, yep. or you know what, I'm gonna go in the store and do it. Keep at it. But I also think my advice for e-com marketing managers would be pull back a little bit, right? L look at what you did over the year in terms of discounting and availability, right? Yep. We we've talked about margin is so key for many brands and mm -hmm. retailers, um, but, if if you are wanting to have big blockbuster sales around Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the week of, you've got to be able to offer those, yeah. right? And so be cautious about really looking at your inventory over a period of time, seeing how often you do discounts, what do those discounts look like, mm -hmm. and then keying up for these holiday periods. But you're right, we're still in that holiday period. It's 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 no longer a pyramid of that week. It's sort of flattened out over a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, and also look for key technologies, right? Whether yep. it's from big commerce and, and feedonomics that can give you that, that advantage, right? Um, you know, consumers are adjusting because of their savviness and therefore brands and retailers must adjust their tech stack as well to accommodate. So there's an accommodation from the brands and retailers and there's an adjustment that's coming in there from the consumers and shoppers. Yep. Matt. What are you most excited about for 2024 in terms of new tools and technologies? Yeah, I mean, you know, especially if you just went gangbusters um, last week, last month, and we'll do so through December, you're going to acquire a ton of new data, right? Mm -hmm. Don't let that go to waste. Yes. Um, you know, our teams talk a lot about that with our clients where it's like, you know, data is kind of like lettuce. You let that sit for too long, you don't want to eat it anymore, right? It's not, it's not going to be helpful and nutritious like for that. you. So. I think um, to make its point, we're about to go into a really critical end to the holiday season. Uh, you also don't want to discount too much because you actually discredit your brand, right? You, you want to make sure you preserve what you actually are and represent. There's value there. But also remember, Jan 1 is also right around the corner. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, returns will be a big thing. Y'all got to deal with it beginning of uh, the, the new year. So um, to your question, invest, invest, invest in an omnichannel data strategy. So know who your customer is what they like to do, where they're existing, why they do this versus that, and then lean on your teams, your tools, your services to perform into the new year. And I think I can't you know, advocate for that enough. Like, we, you know, we, Feedonomics, my, my teams, we're here because our job is, we're gold, we're incentivized to actually care and help our clients win. Yeah. Um, we can proactively reach out, but we would love to get questions that say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, Feedonomics, or what do you think, Big Commerce? Um, so if you're a brand or a retailer, you're not relying on your teams and your, your services that you're, you're paying for, 
y'all need to change that like right now. I think it's, this is like go time to yeah. invest in that and then head into the new year with a plan in place and ready to make some investments in the appropriate tools to win next year as well. Yeah, great advice. I echo the emphasis on returns. I'm always coming at it from a brand loyalty perspective. And I think it's just keeping top of mind that every single touch point, returns especially, are an opportunity to build brand loyalty mm -hmm. by creating that seamless shopping experience. Yeah. So fantastic. We've covered a lot. Uh, any final thoughts? I mean, I think I think we all summed it up. Focus on technologies that directly impact the customer experience. That would be it. That's that's why Big Commerce is here is to make sure that you are building a great brand loyalty. Um, I like your comment about data. I'm going to add some other things. Think about AI. Yep. True. And how AI and ML are going to help you um, with that customer loyalty and that uh, also data identification to get <laughs> more T-shirts sold yep. for yep. those people that obviously love the older brands. <laughs> Bands, not brands. Love a good t-shirt. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Cyber Week recap. And thank you, Matt and Megan, for your wonderful insights and advice. And good luck to all the brands and retailers out there and closing out the holiday season. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, y'all.